Do you remember when this was taken? I sure do. I was so nervous. I really wanted you to like me. Arthur's new friend, starring Andy. Well, this is a, <laughs> this is a little different. Uh, ex excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. If you'll for forgive me for a moment to part the kimono, as Lucas would say. You know what's the best thing to do uh, when you start a recording? Is to make sure that you press record on your... Uh, on your audio software, uh, that was my fault. Very unprofessional of me. Not the best, uh, not the best um, impression to make when I have uh, somebody with us on today's extra episode of Elwood City Limits. That I'm very excited to have on uh, with us. Now we talk about we talk Arthur. This person, she writes Arthur, and well, she doesn't write Arthur. Maybe someday. One day. Maybe you never know. That would be actually super cool if that if this led to something. So knock on the nearest wood close to me. But she does write about Arthur and very, very well. So for this extra episode that doesn't exactly fit into the Arthur timeline, uh, I needed to I needed the help of someone who could really help me figure out what's going on here. Please welcome Susan Velasquez. Hey Susan. Hey, Will. How's it going? It's going well. Thanks for uh, rolling with the punches there. Uh, thankfully, um, we're up and running for real this time. Now, I had to cut you off in the middle of something. Uh, I'd love, I'd love to hear. So, you were starting to tell us, tell me about your um, your experience in getting started writing and creative writing, and when you wrote an Arthur spec script. So, take us through that. Yeah. So I was saying um, when I was in college, my major was creative writing and I took a TV writing class. And uh, part of our final project was that we got to write um, a script for a TV show that was currently on the air in as part of our portfolio, assuming we went out to be screenwriters. And everyone else in my class chose things like Girls or Game of Thrones and, you know, Big Bang Theory. And I was the only person who did Arthur and actually still have those Arthur spec scripts. Um, they're terrible. Uh, this is not PBS worthy yet, but um, it was really great for me because so many people in my class, you know, when we started, you know, reading the script out loud, uh, so many of them were like, oh my God, I remember the show. Oh my God, I remember these characters. And I was like, yes. <sighs> it was so great because uh, I think... Uh, you know, it's Arthur is not probably as popular as people think it is until they remember it. And then they realize it basically defined their childhood. Yeah, it's something that kind of <laughs> burrows into your mind until it until it comes back. I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. And I, I applaud your decision to choose Arthur. But I got to know when we had uh, Jordan Taylor on the podcast, we got an email about uh uh, Arthur, or rather, we were just talking about Arthur stories that we had uh, thought up, and I didn't have any. So, even even just one, could you give me an idea of like what a spec, what one of your Arthur spec scripts looked like? Oh my god, I think. Hang on, I think I remember both of them. Oh yes, I remember both. Okay, so first one was called the RSVP Mystery. It was in which Arthur and Muffy did a project together, and like they got a good grade. So Muffy was like, "Let's go to Wonder World." And she was waiting for Arthur outside the amusement park and he didn't show up. And so at school, she was like super, super mad. And Arthur was like, what do you mean? Like, I sent you a text that I, you know, I, I couldn't come, you know. And so he and Buster like go into this mystery, like, why didn't Muffy get my text? Like, Is she lying? Like, what's going on here? I just really want an excuse to put Arthur, Buster in his detective outfit again. And then it turns out um, 
when Muffy was at the amusement park, there was construction going on that interfered with the cell phone signal, and that's why she never got it. And the second episode was like Brain's Creative Conundrum. Oh, it's really sad how I remember this in full detail. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, uh, so there was a short story writing contest at the library about Jacob Katz and Alan Bogan, because again, I wanted an excuse to have Jacob Katz and Alan Bogan in my story. <laughs> and so all the kids are coming up with like, you know, really wildly inventive stuff like Buster says aliens. And obviously Fern turns it into like some sort of spooky, like uh, mystery with, uh, you know, like witches and like fortune tellers and, you know, that kind of stuff she likes. And Brain just like writes a dry, you know, biography of Jacob Katz and Alan Bogan. And then, uh, you know, because I think my brain is he's not a very creative person. Um, you guys haven't gone to the episode where Sue Ellen writes a graphic novel and she uses uh, shapes as a metaphor for people. And Brain, when she reads it to Brain, he's just like, shapes can't talk. Shapes can't do that. They don't have personalities. And it's just like brain. It's it's, it's a story. Um, so his brain struggle in the episode was just like trying to prove that he could be as creative as his friends and then realizing maybe, you know, it's okay if I don't write like a story about how Jacob Katz and Alan Bogan was cursed by a witch or whatever. I could just write something that's real and still make it interesting. I think you made that just because you like to say Jacob Katz and Alan Bogan. <laughs> I do. I do love Jacob Katz and Alan Bogan. It's such a fun name. Also, in the musical, or whenever, when he hates a statue, and he's like, tear it down! Tear it down! I love that guy. <laughs> well, I'm, I'll just say, don't throw those away. I, I, w- I was especially interested in uh, in that first one. That one actually sounds like it could be a real episode. So, you never know. Just hold, oh. on, hold on to those for right now. And one day... That's such a great compliment. <laughs> They may be worth something. Yeah. Uh, okay, so today we are talking about a rather special episode in the Arthur canon because it's it's not really one. Uh, this is this is going to be hard to explain. I got I, I was sent this by a couple of the fans of listeners of the show, and uh, this is this is on YouTube. You can find this on YouTube, and it's kind of semi official. So what it is is it's called Arthur's new friend Andy. And in the video, I'll read you the video description because I couldn't really find out more about this. There's a personalization video studio where you can send in a photo of your child to them for a price depending on the show. Uh, According to Amazon, 30 bucks for one episode. There were many originals. All of them were made with bad CGI, but they also sneaked in rights to other shows like Care Bears and Arthur, which I think, and this is from YouTube user Metal Socks. Uh, this is the only one of these personalization videos that was fully uploaded. I think the Arthur one was done from PBS and got some of the profits, but he, uh, they're really not sure. So it's like, um, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's, yeah, go ahead. It's like, have you seen the Simpsons episode, The Dad Who Knew Too Little, where <laughs> uh, Homer buys Lisa that personalized DVD and it's just like terrible animation and it's, you know, the dubbing is so obvious. Yes. Uh, that, Listeners, if you know that episode, it's, it's this. That's exactly the one I thought of because like as soon as it got to the first part where it was like, Andy, I just thought of McNuggets. Mm, <laughs> McNuggets. I'm going to go read my favorite book, Magazines. <laughs> uh, yeah I, I that's what i was thinking about too when i watched this episode but this is this definitely had pbs's hand because i um i rec i you know you know you watch arthur too much when you can recognize the voice actors mm-hmm. like the various changes and i this is was done so amazon says this was done like 2000 mm-hmm. and i looked it up this was um 
probably like circa season five, Arthur, because that's when Michael Yarmouche's voice started changing and mm -hmm. you can hear it. Yeah, as... that's uh, in fact, that's my very first note as well. This is actually interesting uh, because I didn't I thought that for like a season they got a deeper voiced Arthur. I didn't realize it was like, oh, Michael Yarmish's voice just totally dropped in this season which I always remembered it as sounding really weird because you go from, you know, the iconic Arthur voice to now he's, you know, now he sounds like His a man. His voice is like cracking, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're absolutely, I think you're absolutely bang on about where this kind of took place in the production schedule. Um, yeah, so let's let's get into it. This, again, you can find this on YouTube uh, thanks to YouTube user Metal Socks for uploading this and uh, otherwise we may not have had this episode. Uh, you know, it, it, is, it is kind of a full-blown... Uh, Arthur story like the animation yeah, is there it is. it's totally it looks totally genuine like this kind of remind me of the you know when Buster comes back and you know Arthur's like worried about you know what should they do it's it's kind of like this similar storyline mm -hmm. um, but it, we'll, we'll I obviously we'll talk about the plot when we get into more into it um, I, I found in my Arthur recaps archives I did recap this oh a uh, long time ago but i i rewatched it and i had new notes that i'm really excited to share <laughs> all right uh you'll have to you'll have to send me that link because i'd love to put that out there with this episode so we can kind of uh ha compare notes in a sense uh so yeah it, it does have to do a little bit with that uh, with that buster episode into the th uh the third season i believe that is uh where it's Arthur talking to the camera, which in this sense, he really is talking to a person because this whole thing is for a young fellow named Andy. Uh, it starts off with like Arthur in his room. He's trying to look for like a photo album of the of like the first time that he ever met you. In this case, it would be Andy. Uh, he finds a slice of pizza under his bed. And yeah, given Arthur's yes. predilection for like, I, I'm always I'm never going to forget the time in season one when he like ate ate the lollipop with the hair still on it and i'm like i'm surprised he didn't just go for it right there <laughs> well i think buster would have gone for it i think arthur it's it's got like lollipops candy cool actual pizza that's buster's domain mm -hmm. can't can't infringe on that character territory so he does find the photo album it's got some important ones in there like him and pal him meeting the president uh there's one in there of like a baby picture of him and then finally the one he was looking for which is uh, Andy, uh, in his like, so what it, what it is basically is they create a character body from whole cloth and then they, uh, take the headshot of the picture that the parents sent them. And it looks, looks to be a kid who is about maybe three or four years old. And they just kind of, uh, put that static headshot into every scene involving Andy. And there's also, uh, it kind of comes up a little bit later, uh, but all throughout the episode, obviously there is someone who recorded themselves saying the name Andy in one in one tone, and it's just always that same tone throughout the whole thing. I'm wondering, like, did because I I don't know if this was like someone who actually did it for their child, or if this was like a sample the company created. Because I I maybe I'm I'm. Uh like too into it but i swear i i, I think this is michael yarmish just like saying andy like this is for you know promotional purposes i have no idea hmm. it's hard to say and i i i couldn't i couldn't say for certain but uh um it's it's certainly very noticeable it's like you know when you're watching a, a movie on tv and they have to censor out the swears and they get someone who sounds completely different 
Yeah. Andy, if you're real, if this was really your video, can you please come forward and confirm or deny if this was promotional or if this was legitimately a gift someone gave you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would love to know that. And it's, it was probably like a promotional VHS tape if it was sent to him. Yeah. The whole episode is based around the fact that Arthur has an, a new friend who named Andy or whoever that is coming to visit him. And he wants to, you know, kind of throw throw a good uh, or like make a good first impression. He even says at the end of the cold opening, I really wanted you to like me because, you know, Arthur and his anxieties. Uh, Andy sends him like a like a Polaroid through the mail, which I thought was kind of funny. And uh, Arthur decides that um, he's going to throw he's going to throw him a party. Uh, or that would be kind of a good idea. And we get um, throughout the episode throughout the episode. It is. It is pretty believable as an episode, but it is also kind of like a greatest hits of everybody of like, okay, we got like DWs in the cold open with Hop Along the Frog, uh, and everybody kind of does the uh, the high points of their characters. So like the one thing that Dad has to contribute is that like I'm gonna make something totally gross for this party, so everybody yeah. can go yeah. He says He's I'm gonna-, gonna make my famous mint chocolate Brussels sprouts pie. Like what, David? How what? <laughs> David. I don't know if you read my um my recaps, but people who do know that I have insert my own little headcanon there, and part of one of my headcanon is that David is a bit of a failed chef and he mm. just creates these like weird things and hoping and hopes of getting noticed by Food Network. Does not okay. work. <laughs> that would actually that would be a great show. He's come up with some real some real clunkers in his time. But it's but it's like it's not in terms of like it's bad food, it's just like a bad idea, but well-realized, if that makes sense. Yeah, I I don't know. I kind of want to see if I can make a mint chocolate Brussels sprouts pie. Like, what would what would that be? Yeah, it's because but because Brussels sprouts have such an odd consistency to them. They wouldn't really like go into a cake or a pie terribly easily. I I got like, and it's famous. So he's done this before. Yeah, yeah his his famous or perhaps infamous is the word. Yeah, that's probably the right word. Um, so Arthur is, and I thought this was interesting. Like the scene, kind of the dad says, you know, mint chocolate Brussels sprouts pie, and then Kate starts crying, and she kind of keeps crying until the scene ends. Well, which, she, uh, she's summing up everyone's reactions. Right. <laughs> so Arthur is. Uh, trying to figure out the way to make this party the best. And his first idea is that he could get Pickles the Clown. And like I said, like greatest hits, like what's what's the one joke that Pickles the Clown always gets? He's allergic to Pal. So, of course, we have to work that in. It's like he's making a balloon animal and starts sneezing. I'm like, not the dog again. And like, wah, wah, wah. It's like, is Pickles the only clown in this town? Does he have a clown monopoly? I, I said that too. <laughs> I said that too. Or maybe it's just the only clown Arthur knows, because I think he does say that. The only clown I know. It's like, tell your mom. She's probably got Google on, you know, she can probably Google you some options. Clown Monopoly. Yeah. I didn't, I, you know what? You're absolutely, I mean, I, I hope you're not right, because that would be, you know, Elwood City being a one clown town is a little bit sad. Uh, and then the uh, then Arthur thinks maybe they could get a magician if a clown doesn't work out. We get the great Zamboni. Uh I don't remember this guy being a character at any point. Do you know if he was? No, I don't. I think he was just created for this gag. Um, maybe he might have appeared as like generic musician person, but I don't. I can't think of any time where he factored in um, in an episode's actual plot. 
Hmm. Anyway, he makes Andy disappear, and then like that'll be ten bucks, kid, and that's, that's pretty what cheap. Arthur's... That's pretty cheap to make someone disappear. I have to pay, you know, my local game like millions of dollars. You know, ten bucks. <laughs> uh yeah yeah so the the disappearing free free the reappearing is 10 bucks so that's where the real money is oh but it's even cheaper that this is a very terrible business model the great zamboni needs to rethink this (laughs) and he and he's shaking down children so like i don't know why he doesn't just go to the source like the adults (laughs) who actually have the money uh so arthur is stressing out as he tends to do about you know he wants this party to be perfect uh and so and so he outs he crowdsources his idea to his friends like what's gonna make the best party buster actually has a like almost against type he has a really good idea two words arthur space party that sounds amazing so the space party for according to buster is where you turn out all the lights in the room put some like glow on the dark stars in this on the ceiling and some lights Everyone shows up in space-themed costumes, and there's, like, space-themed food, and the brain builds a real rocket that you can actually use to go out of space. This is amazing. This, this party is lit! And as well, it's like, uh, we'll make cookies and cakes that look like uh, uh, space aliens or what have you. They look delicious. I know. I want to go to this party. The, like, this is a this would be a super party for, like, adults. The only problem is it's very dimly lit, because the only lighting is the glow in the dark um stars on the on the on the on the ceiling uh but it it does i was like man buster actually came through on this one uh and but of course some of it is not exactly down to earth uh <laughs> oh it doesn't Ouch. deserve that much of a laugh uh i i will note here you mentioned the brain making a rocket he's kind of dressed like like mr spock from star trek really i didn't notice that oh man so I'm looking at it right now. His helmet kind of has like pointy stick up ears and he's wearing like a blue shirt with a little communicator badge on it and black pants. He, he looks like Spock. It's oh, yeah. actually, it's a very, totally Spock. it's a very tasteful reference. Like Binky's dressed as like Saturn and everybody else is kind of has like alien antenna on and stuff. So brain is able to make this fully functional, um, uh, rocket launching site in front of the Reed house and Arthur, Buster, and Andy are uh, going to go to space. And I noted here that this episode presumes that the kid in question is shorter than Arthur and Buster. And I noticed that they went very out of their way to always have Andy standing with his or her hands behind their back. So you could never, you know, or wearing lavender gloves. At least it looked lavender on my screen, but wearing gloves of some sort at all times. So yeah. your your skin color would not be betrayed by the anim- you know the animation like it'd be weird if you know Andy was a certain skin color and then the animation had a different color. Yeah, that's actually a good point and I and I thought it was weird of just like why why does why does Andy look so clammy? But I'm sure it was to to do just that like you said. Uh Binky kind of breaks the fourth wall here. Like again, he's really really taking advantage of the fact that they have at least an audience of one specific person. That's like, "All right, now we need your help at home to count down as well." 10, 9, 8, and they really start doing it. It was, it really, it made me realize how much, like, Arthur is meant for, like, not older kids, but, like, kids who are past, yes, well, kids who are past, like, Sesame Street and, like, and, like, Dora, like, shows that literally talk to you. And it seems weird when Arthur does it. It just doesn't seem like their thing, although this is a very special occasion. Yeah, I mean, the cold opens, 
Arthur talks to you. And I think there's an episode where it's like, you are Arthur, where you see through his point of view. But mm. it's weird for them to directly address us like this, where in the sense that like the door explorer, like, can you help me find my backpack? Or can you help me count down? I was like, what are you doing, Arthur? I, I know you're old enough to count. You can do it. <laughs> and and then we get something that we actually haven't gotten yet in Elwood City Limits timeline as of this recording. Uh, but we get uh, the vocal stylings of Daniel Brochu, uh, yeah! Buster's uh, Buster's voice actor. So he's uh, he's quite the singer. They have him sing a few times on the show, and he's uh, he's very good. And it sounds it's it's great because he's able to sing very well in Buster's voice. So it's like, oh, that's Buster singing. Yeah. It's immediately recognizable. And he's got uh, some pretty decent flow because this, um, the, they start singing this song, Party in Space, which is not Party in the USA, but I think it should definitely be a number one hit just like that song. Yes. And uh, there's like kind of like this weird, I think the best way I could describe it is rap. And he's got some pretty decent flow. And I noticed that he kind of dings Arthur because he makes the thing where... Arthur apparently gets nauseous in space and they meet some yeah. aliens and they think Arthur is poisonous. And it's just like, wow, why you gotta, why you gotta come for Arthur like that? But it's actually kind of decently interesting of like the aliens being afraid of us rather than us being afraid of the aliens. I think that's actually rather progressive on Buster's part. Um, he knows humans. We are the true aliens. We are the true oh, monsters. Oh, surprise. It was an episode <laughs> of the twilight zone. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they go to an alien planet during this kind of, well, what turns into a music video, uh, and, uh, with no helmets on, so I had to kind of bite my finger and not yell at the children's, children's show, but, uh, they managed to have a good time. They do, like, a, a Rockettes kick line with the aliens, which yeah. is fun. I've always wanted to do one of those. Anyway, this party sounds dope, and, uh, it's just a couple of logistical things that would keep it from realizing its full potential. Uh, but it's kind of it's kind of the one to beat of all the ideas. Um, Arthur is sourcing this is sourcing the party idea to Buster and to Muffy, so we get a bit more in depth on what Muffy's idea is. Uh, she would want a princess party, uh, which kind of involves her once again. Like we see, I think we've seen this like a couple of times at least by season two, and probably even more. You know, twenty seasons in, but Muffy in like this stereotypical damsel outfit. Uh, and in a castle keep being kept there by Binky, who's like keeping watch in a lawn chair with the newspaper, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, yeah, and I like how he's like, you know, she's complaining, oh, I'm just locked in up here because I'm just so beautiful. And Binky's like, quit your belly aching. I gave you a room with a view. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and so Andy is the one to save her. Andy comes in on horseback and fights Binky's dragon. But, uh, they get, of course, they have to get around the fact that they don't actually want to show violence. Um, so Andy uh, blocks it, blocks his fire, and then um, I think he's kind With of... With a fire extinguisher. Right, fire extinguisher. And then the But the dragon's actually appreciative. It said, it's because he had heartburn, which... Oh, is that what he said? He did. Because I, I read that, oh, all that spicy food was getting to give me hot breath. And I was like, hot breath? <laughs> <laughs> is this like a dragon medical condition I'm not aware of? You know, it's like in Super Smash Bros. when you eat the, when you eat the spicy curry and you just breathe fire. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's no. he did say heartburn. So that's kind of okay. the, the wah, wah joke of that part. Uh, so Andy rides the dragon, saves Muffy, and that's the party? It's more of a story than an actual party idea. Like, say what you will about Busters, but he had some like concrete plans. Like, that was taking place at Arthur's house. 
Yeah, I guess it was more like a, a LARP thing, a live action role play mm. for Muffy Muffy's idea. I guess like it's like, you know, going to one of those uh those um mystery uh, murder mystery parties. Right. That's the story, except the story here is that Muffy is there's only like really three main characters in this because everyone else um shows up as the townspeople cheering Andy on. Hmm. And so it does not it's not, it doesn't sound like much of a party for me. I think this just kind of proves that Muffy would not be a very good DM if she were to play Dungeons & Dragons. No, she would probably not. I think she would probably have her favorites. That would involve rescuing a princess. And everyone else can just, like, chill out at camp because there's really nothing for them to do. And she would be in the story, too, which is, you know... Oh, yeah, she would be in the story, definitely. So uh, we do have an Arthur meme alert here, which I absolutely didn't expect. There's a shot. There's like a reaction shot of Arthur, uh, like coming back from Muffy's story. And it's kind of like him looking a little bit like aghast. And he's just like, I don't think that's what Andy would want. And I've seen this before, but somebody obviously photoshopped the eyes to be further apart. And it's like, and it's just whack. Like it's just, it's just a whack reaction image. And I was like, Oh, I've all places. I did not expect to see this here. <laughs> uh, we so we kind of get into a bit more again of the the uh, the highlights of everybody's character. So Arthur asks a few more of his friends, like, "What should we do for the party?" And so Francine's like, "Sports," and Sue Ellen says, uh, "Karate," and Binky wants music. So it's like, well, yep, not but- just music. He wants specifically him and Andy to play Mozart's duet for clarinet and xylophone which actually sounds really cool. And then Binky admits it does not exist. It's a great line from Binky. Just like, I didn't know Mozart wrote a piece for the xylophone. He didn't, but he should have. I'm like, well, can't argue with you there, Binky. Can't argue with that. Uh, even Mr. Ratburn has an idea for the party, which I don't, don't know. It seems it's a scene where it's like, did we ask you, Mr. Ratburn? Like, not to be rude, but like, <laughs> did you do? I, I, in fact, I think he comes up to Arthur. He's like, I hear you've been looking for ideas for your party. And I'm like, yeah, not involving you, teacher man. Yeah, because his suggestion is brain teasers, which funny enough, Arthur thinks it's a book about making fun of the brain. (laughs) It's such a, because I like that. He's like, Mr. Rapper, you're encouraging me to bully. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I thought that that was clever. These are not really so much what I understand to be brain teasers. Like brain teasers are kind of meant to be not simple, but like have a little bit of a challenge to them, but you know, meant to be solved. These, these, uh, the one that Mr. Rapper imagines is that it's like, it's more like a word problem, like a mat, like a mathematical word problem. You know, like two tra- two trains leave two stations and that that kind of that kind of thing. So I don't know how much of a a brain teaser that is. It's more of like a like actual pen paper uh, problem. It's homework. Rapper just wants him to do homework yeah. at a party. And th- I think that's his idea. Like let's have a homework party. Yeah, and Binky says as much in the in Arthur's imagination. He's just like, it's like this stinks. It's just more school. <laughs> Arthur is has way too many ideas, and of course he's so fraught with anxiety and indecisive uh, that he just kind of decides to nuke the party from orbit and just like I guess I guess we won't have the party, so I guess he can't come over. So it's like a real real worst case scenario. Arthur must be spiraling here. Uh, I will note that even Pal had an idea for what to do uh, for a party, but it involved Andy being like an actual dog, not like a dog person, and like digging something out of the yard. Arthur has like extreme uh, no party is better than a bad party. I don't know. Andy invited himself over on Friday. It'd be, I think it would be worse for him to show up at Arthur's house and was like, no, it's home. No party. 
I mean, we don't know where Andy's coming from. Yeah, that's true. I, it, like, if he was if he was coming from like another state or something, if it involved like a long car ride or a plane ride, you can't just cancel that. And it's it's a real it's a real like um, again th- this this really this service really seems to be aimed at younger kids because th- this seems like a problem that really really young kids might be. Yeah, I remember. Uh, I think I think it's in the Diary of the Whoopi Kid where what's whatever the main character's name I forget. I think uh, Greg. I don't know. But he's talking in middle school. There's a difference between play dates and hanging out, which is a cool older kids thing. And I think you're right. Play dates have a, a specific activity like going to the park or going to the zoo. Usually your parents are there, you know, to supervise you. And hanging out is just like you just go to someone's house and then you play tag in the backyard or whatever. Arthur is going to mail Andy a letter and say, like, okay, uh, party's off. Like, just don't bother coming, I guess, which would be. Oh, that's one thing I wanted to know. So in Andy's letter, it says, I'll be at your house Friday. And I was like, did Andy just invite himself over? No wonder Arthur's stressing out. He's just like having this person just show up. Yeah, usually it's like, oh, I'm going to be in town. Not like, yo, I'm going to show up. So, like, where my room at sort of thing. (laughs) Arthur runs into the brain and he kind of explains the situation. And. Brain essentially is just like, well, you know, you don't have to throw a party. Why don't you just invite him over to hang out? And Arthur says, how can we have fun if I don't plan anything? And that might be the most me thing ever said on Arthur. <laughs> I, I, me too. I get so stressed out when like, especially with people that I'm not really familiar with, like there always has to be something going on uh, or else I or in usually something that I'm planning because i'm so afraid that like oh this person's gonna get bored and then we won't know what to do and then they'll just want to leave and then oh it's it's one of the most stressful things when planning like outings with friends it's like it always has to be around something uh but it's but it's true like it i i guess it doesn't always have to be like you can just hang out and enjoy each other's company which is uh inherently stressful to me well, my thing is vacations. Um, my family didn't go on vacations for a lot growing up. So I when I do get to go travel, I want to maximize it. And I have traveled and I, I'm the person who makes an itinerary. And uh, I really hate the people who are like, oh, you know, let's just explore and just see what's out there. And it's like, excuse me, what do you mean? Just just, just be spontaneous, not not look up the travel guides and see like, What's the best area? Map out the city to see how we can maximize the most, uh, you know, tourist sites. What? Um, But yeah, I think it's I think it's cool to go off book. I'm trying to be better at that. But um, like that, you know, brain points out like, you know, we've had great times doing nothing. And it's like, yeah, I think some of my best memories are with my friends where we're just like hanging out. There's uh, I mean, obviously I had a good time when we went traveling together, but most of my favorite college memories are just when we're sitting around in someone's dorm room and we're just like laughing and talking about nothing. Absolutely. And, it, and it, I mean, I, I guess for people like you and me, we kind of psych ourselves out, but it really doesn't have to be all that complicated. In fact, Arthur thinks of some things that he and Andy could get up to in another song. Uh, I will note here, this doesn't sound like it would be Michael Yarmish, but I can't. No, it does not. It sounds a very different voice. I think it sounds female. Yeah, like clearly yeah points it does uh so i don't want but i don't want to uh you know go one way or the other it could very well be michael yarmish's singing voice i have no idea but it certainly doesn't sound like i would expect it's it's a uh if i had to guess it would probably is somebody different uh 
this one um I, I i can't remember the exact name of the song i don't remember i just remember that i think this was arthur's version of a diss track because the first verse is about how art buster will eat your pizza <laughs> and drink your cola twice and it's like ooh, this is revenge for that alien song yeah Taylor Swift, Katy Perry feud right here. <laughs> uh, because uh, yeah, because Buster does like scarf down a personal pizza and drink everybody's soda, and he's like, "Excuse me," and I'm like, "Dude, we that was for everybody." <laughs> I like how they say cola. Is where's that from? Because I'm from Texas, so we could call everything a Coke. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I I don't know because we uh, in Canada it's usually either it's usually pop. We call it pop. Uh, so and it didn't even look like cola necessarily because cola is like coca-cola it's uh, at least i associated with like you know coke or pepsi or uh in um uh, rc cola god help you i don't why don't they just call it soda because soda's a pretty you know like there's a brand in arthur called sarasota or something like that it's like sarah so oh wait is that a pun on sarasota oh man but there's like a if you look sometimes on the soda cans the kids are drinking, it's like Sarah something or whatever. So I was like, why don't you just say soda? Hmm. I didn't even I didn't even know about that, man. You've got me beat in terms of Arthur Deep Cut. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the song itself, this one isn't as memorable as the uh, as the Buster Space one, and it has some have some kind of whack verses. If I can play, if I can play Lucas Mancini here for a second, uh, do it. She's uh, she's uh, Arthur's got one where it's like you know they hang out with Francine. Uh, something something and she thinks your name is sting yeah she lets you she lets you take a swing because you're playing yeah. baseball and she thinks your name is sting such a weird rhyme it's like they had to get swing in there and then they just did but they 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 wrote they wrote themselves into a corner of just like now what do we do I'm like uh yeah because i could i mean this is the one i came off the top of my head when i was watching i was like why don't you just say maybe you'll even hit a home run that would be tons of fun. There you go. That's perfect. There we go. Uh, so Arthur, it's like they could just be watching Bionic Bunny. They could look at the clouds, and Arthur has and Arthur has an imaginary great time with Andy, and he's convinced that he doesn't need to plan a big party. However, uh, before the episode really gets to end, uh, DW's all in for this party. Uh, we kind of didn't see her very much. We saw her in the cold open, and then we see her again here near the end. Uh, she wakes Arthur up at like 6 a.m. on the Friday. Uh, this must be during the summer uh, to get him ready for the party. And then she kind of ends up like party shaming him because he's like, we're not throwing parties. She's like, what? Like, we're, you're going to scare Andy away without if you don't do a party or, or whatever it is. She really like gets up in his grill about not doing a party. Yeah, she really does. And it's like, I don't know. I think. DW was just really excited because I think early in the episode she wanted an excuse to take Andy to marry Moo Cow on ice. So I think she's still trying to angle for that. Yeah, she's she was really she was she was really into getting buck on a Friday. It's like that friend of yours when you cancel on plans and they get super in your face about it. Yes, it is. But Arthur is still, you know, ready to chill out with Andy. He I noticed his outfit changed. He even put on a special outfit. So he's wearing a mustard sweater as opposed to a yellow sweater. Mm. And he's wearing olive pants as opposed to his blue jeans i don't know how i feel about this outfit what do you man think? put arthur on a hamburger and like you're ready you're good to go mustard <laughs> and olive it's 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 yeah it's very like muted colors it looks like what arthur would wear as an adult of just like this is still arthur but it's it's the grown-up version of what arthur would wear no primary colors here Let's all go in yeah, shades. Yeah, serious. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's a definite change, but like Arthur has 
Like when they've done the birthday parties before, like Arthur gets dressed to the nines. So yeah, he wears his little blazer and his little bow tie. Yeah, so it feels weird to have like an alt costume that is just kind of a, like he just shaded down the color a little bit. So it's it not not offensive or anything. In fact, it looks kind of it looks okay, but it's just like, but why did we do it though? Yeah, I just I think for me it's I think maybe my visceral reaction is because olive pants. That's brains thing. So it, it feels like Arthur is encroaching in brains thing. It does look like brains outfit. It is kind of the same kind of muted color scheme, and it it does kind of look like I'm just like no, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be bright and you know happy. It's like the brain is supposed to be more muted and studious. This is kind of like if uh, if Arthur were having a bad day or something. Yeah, this is like sad Arthur. <laughs> or if I was gonna put a positive spin on it, this is Autumn Arthur. Yes, Autumn Arthur, the the, the new look for the fall season. Uh, so Arthur's friends come over and they all bring their separate parties with them. So like Muffy has a blow up dragon. Francine has like a a a, a tote, not a tote bag, a, a gym bag of like sports stuff. Uh, Sue Ellen brings over karate VHS tapes. Uh, I see Prunella is uh, uh, has her fortune telling globe. Uh, Binky had. It's like, did you even know about this party? Like, who told you about this party? <laughs> yeah, we, nobody asked you, Prunella. Uh, Buster does bring over cookies and actually doesn't eat them before he gets there. So kudos to him. And Binky brings over a like a big paper bag of kazoos, and he wants to recreate Beethoven's concerto for twenty kazoos. Oh, and there was one thing because um, uh, Arthur, before everyone shows up with all these supplies, was like, "Oh my God, what I'm going to tell Andy that I didn't get, like decorate or any party supplies." I know. I'll tell him that the party store ran out of stuff because it was attacked by balloon and paper-eating aliens, which is now my official excuse for any time I go to a party and I forgot to pick up something. Let me know how that turns out. <laughs> Let's see if people believe me. Uh, yeah, so finally Andy shows up and we do get a little bit of the first-person uh, camera and DW takes the famous Andy photo with uh, her bunny camera from the first season episode, which I thought was a nice touch. And so, yeah, that's kind of how he met Andy for the first time. Arthur does kind of a weird thing, I got to say, before Andy comes in the door. He takes one of the pictures, the like the Polaroids that Andy sent him, and he frames it. It's a little, eh, little sus, little sus. Yeah, it's a, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't want somebody doing that to me of just like, welcome, friend. Here is your photo that I framed. Like, I wouldn't want someone to show up. At the, I show up at the door and they take a Polaroid of me. Like yeah. maybe. Yeah, and they're just like, welcome! And I was like, what did I just walk into? I just I just watched the movie on Netflix, Creep, and like this sounds like a move right out of that, of just like a really creepy man who needs a friend. And Arthur does kind of sound like that at certain points in this episode. But yeah. but uh, thankfully, it doesn't go any further than that. That's pretty much the end, uh, the end of it all. In fact, speaking of, you know, the highlights of characters, DW gets Hop Along the Frog in there, and we end the episode on her uh, playing, I think, it's, I think it's Crazy Bus. Yes, I think she plays Crazy Bus, even though she claimed that she knew more than one song than Crazy Bus. Is this? No, sorry. I'm thinking I was watching um, the Arthur special about when the Backstreet Boys came over. And that's what I was thinking. Okay. I was I'm watching a little too much Arthur this weekend. Man, I, man, <laughs> I can't wait to get to that one. And there it is. Arthur's new friend, Andy, ends with Arthur chasing DW around like a like a cartoonish circle. OK, so like. How do we how do we rank this one? Because normally Lucas and I will just be like, "Hey, what'd you think of this one?" But this is kind of like not really an episode. I, you know what? Here's here's a good question. 
instead of, you know, what did you think of it? If you got this as a present, and let's say you were in... Uh, let's, let's say I was eight. Let's, let's say I yeah, was let's eight. say you were Arthur's age. Would you th- how w- would you think that this is cool? Um, I'm not sure, but like I'm looking at my old review. I gave, I was pretty mean to this. I gave I said that this was a standalone episode. It would have been a C plus because of the rushed ending and awkward musical numbers. But I, you know, rewatching this, I was like Buster like was pretty going ham in that little rap he was doing, and uh, I think. I think if I got this as a gift, um, I th- if this was a standalone episode, I think this would probably be a B minus because uh, I think it had really great potential. We had some really great fantasy sequences, but Arthur's musical number was just like, "You come on, man, you're going to have your own diss track and this is what you fire at. <laughs> so that knocks it down a bit. All right. Fair, but, yeah. fair enough. Um, I think... I would have thought that this was pretty cool if I if I had gotten this as a kid. It's hard to rank as a as an episode because it really is just meant to be like a like a highlight reel of a t- of what a typical Arthur episode is like. I will say that they do personalize it uh, in a couple of cool ways, like with with the with the song sequences that you don't normally get in an episode, or I don't know how regular they are these days. Uh, but it, it it makes it feel a little bit more. Like like an episode with its own personality, but it is really hard to like fit it in. It's like it's like the Arthur version of an OVA. It's just like I don't know how this fits into the series as a whole, but it's you know for a one off thing, it's okay. Yeah, it's like a little bonus like novella in between a series that's doing its own thing, and then we get back to the main story. That's right. Yeah, I think oh, I was kind of mean to this. I <laughs> I said I never I said I never want to do this again. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> my recap. Oh, I wrote this in 2013. I was in college. I was probably very tired. Oh, yes. Uh, we all were in yeah, college. I'm, we all were. But no, I think I think I, I this is pretty cool. This is this is not 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 too bad of an ep- of a I say quote unquote episode. Uh yeah. It's an think- it's a neat thing for someone to have. And it, because it really is meant for an audience of one, or like a, an audience of only a couple of people, and for that, and for that sense, I think it is a, a, a cool thing. Yeah, and I was reading some of the Amazon reviews, and someone posted that their their kid, who was I think three or four, I think she said, loved it. And I guess I'm trying to get back into little kid mode. Like, you know, I thought you know TV was real, and if I had a video of me and Arthur was like, I was so excited to meet you. You were super cool. I'd be like, whoa. My self-esteem just shot up, man. <laughs> I'm never coming down. I bet. And, like, depending on, like, how much stock you put in cartoons, and when I was a kid, I put a lot of stock into cartoons, it probably would have been, like, the coolest thing in the world. Maybe not in retrospect, but at least for the time, I'm sure it would have gotten exactly. And for 30 bucks, that's not a bad price. No, that's not a bad price. And apparently this was made with PBS, and uh, I think you mentioned that some of them other ones were like terrible CGI. So if you spend 30 bucks on this, you got a pretty good deal. Or like Care Bears or something. Yeah, you got something. You got two musical numbers. Uh, you got, Like you said, you got the greatest hits of everybody. You got like two pretty intense fantasy sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think I think maybe we just get freaked out because of the Andy part <laughs> tonight of uh, Seeing this on its own with the plot and everything, I was like, yeah, 
this is this is pretty good. I dig All it. All right. Okay. Well, Susan, there it is. Arthur's new friend, Andy. I want to thank you very much for uh, taking the time to come on here, suffering through a few technical glitches here and there. And uh, yeah, I really, I really loved your take on this whole thing. And and uh, I've been loving what I've been reading of your uh, your reviews as well. Can you tell us where to find your work online? Sure. Um, if you want to go to the original Tumblr of Arthur Recaps, you can go to arthur-recaps.tumblr.com. Although I will let you know right now, I am kind of slowly moving thing everything to my new WordPress, which is Susan in progress.wordpress.com um, that's where i post not just arthur recaps but i also write at other websites so i post links there and also you know some personal blog entries when i have time and if you want to find me on the social media on instagram i am susan in progress but on twitter i am susan two ends progress because there is another susan in progress and she is currently uh she's on that i can't have a, a consistent brand yet but it's just susan with two ends because it's susan in progress hope that makes sense yes i think so and uh <laughs> i'll be i'll be retweeting you as well so uh, hopefully everybody will be able to find you uh very well susan once again it's been great to talk to you uh always great to find another person not just of an equal appreciation of arthur but someone close in age to me because you know I am the I'm the guy in my mid to late 20s who's like I run an Arthur podcast and it's like no there are other people who like Arthur too that are close yeah, to my age There's dozens of us There's dozens of us Dozens <laughs> All right my name's Will Young thanks for joining us for this uh, extra episode of Elwood City Limits anything else uh, to note Susan Um I think just have a wonderful kind of day And I say hey all right catch you later All right goodbye your party in space it's the cool thing to do party in space to welcome you up is down and down is two arthur turns a different hue bob for apples in midair hang on we're almost there have your party in space watch arthur turn blue party in space to welcome you